last time on our episode of the Backlog Breakdown, our intrepid heroes, Josh and Nate, talked about the games on the backlogs that they haven't played that they probably should have played, but they haven't yet. What are all heroes be... Ah, ah that was too much, too much. Uh, so what, 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 are, what will our heroes be talking about this week? Mm. Our heroes will be talking about... Uh, well, we got, it's a little bit of a mail call. We we got an email mm-hmm. that we thought uh, was worth dialoguing about. Yeah. Just two males talking about mail. Yeah. Woohoo. Woo-hoo. Oh, I, I see I'm what saying. you did there. <laughs> but um, that was, that was, yeah, I I had nothing, Josh. <laughs> I had nothing. That's um, okay. I I think, I think you, I think you've tortured yourself enough about it. The, the existential, like the, the existential dread, is <laughs> is is intense. It's creeping in. The, you go. know, I found something. Corpse Paint Kirby uh, would mm. not eat. He he would not have eaten my my opener. <laughs> he he would have. It would have been like no. no. Spit that right out. Je refuse. <laughs> Emperor Mickey would be. Uh, Just don't. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh-huh. That's true. Oh, my. But yeah, so uh, for our topic, we will be talking about, uh, we, we got an email with an interesting question. But that's all you get. Yeah, so that's all we're going to talk about for mm. now, folks. Uh, but uh, I'm Nate. That's Josh. Hey. And this is the Backlog Breakdown. Yeah. But you knew that because you're smart and you can read. Of course. Maybe. Be- we hope. I mean, you must have done something to start this up, unless unless you're being held hostage right now. In which case, go ahead and contact uh, the authorities. If you can. I don't, I don't know yeah. why your kidnapper would be listening to our podcast. This doesn't make any sense. I'm Ooh, sorry. Like, you know what? Uh, if somebody is listening to this while they're being held hostage or being kidnapped, uh, put your kidnapper on and say, listen to what Nate's about to say. Kidnapper uh, should probably let that person go home. Yeah. Just saying. Just throwing that one out there. Mm-hmm. do it's, it that is something you should do yes yeah you should not you should not do the cult stop, kidnapping stop thing. kidnapping people come on <laughs> come on well you have way too much time on your hands if you're kidnapping people oh go play some video games go play some video games or get a job oh yeah get a get a job you bum <laughs> all right <laughs> Oh my! But anyways, ugh. nice. How you doing, Josh? Um, I mean, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been, it's been two weeks. Surprise, surprise. It's been two weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I knew that was coming. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, staying. See, busy I didn't. For sure. I didn't have a, a a good opener. So <laughs> now I'm just dragging out all all of our bits. <laughs> everything. Everything. All of them. Come on. I'm just just throw it all at the wall. Maybe something will stick. There you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's it's been good. Uh, still in school. And so, well, I mean, obviously I'm going to be for the foreseeable future. Um, and so that's taken up a bunch of time, but then also been able to uh, get some game time in, which has been nice. I've, I have played a surprising amount of games, um, amount of, not necessarily in terms of time, but in terms of just the, the how I've spread it out. You know, I think last time I talked about one or two games, and this time I've got I've got a few more. So that's kind of wow. cool. 
Wow. Well, fancy you. Look at you. <laughs> what do you mean playing video games? It's crazy. Uh, how are you, you doing, man? <laughs> uh, yeah, doing okay. I'm kind of like at a point where I'm sort of ready for summer to end. Mm. Uh, I'm, I, I'm looking forward to some of that autumnal weather. Yes. Give me, give me some of that. Give me some of that. <laughs> but- yeah, I mean it's it's been okay. I would say like the last six months, like, and I know it's been weird for everybody because of like all the COVID stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, the last six months have just been kind of weird and been like sort of just a really been really funky. I mean, not bad, um, but just kind of funky. Yeah, there, there's some stuff going on at work. Uh, like we we got audited. And we lost a couple routes, and so we had to rebid everything. And I ended up leaving towards the end of this month. I'll be going just back to carrying one route. And I, I just kind of hit a point where I was like burnt out with the float. Okay, like it was it was fine for the most part in a lot of ways, but I just hit a point where I was just kind of like getting fried. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I, I think I'm done. I so I'm I'm going to be taking just a regular route and. That's going to be it. I just need a much more sustainable rhythm at work right now. Does that make sense? No. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I feel like that's kind of the name of the, well, this whole thing is dragged on far too long for anyone, but um, it, it's it's just, it's a difficult place to be in when things are so up in the air that, um, you know, we, we talk about, we, we've had episodes on things like productivity in the past, and it's very strange when you can't plan ahead for hardly anything, you know, I can't plan two weeks ahead or if, if I yeah. do plan, it's just like, okay, but everything might change. You know, it's just like, yeah, but this is what we're doing. So I think, yeah, and I, I, you know, like looking at it, I really think that's been it is that I'm supposed to have, like, there's supposed to be a rhythm that I'm supposed to sort of be able to fall into. And it's just like for the last several months, like that, has just been completely sort of like non-existent. Yeah. And I just kind of like hit a point where it's like, ah, you know what? I'm too old for this crap. Can't do it anymore. And so uh, that is what it is. But, uh, you know, all in all, things are good. Things are okay. I'm just, uh, we, uh, today, today's Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Or it's, we, you know, we're, obser- I don't know if it's actually Labor Day or if it's just the, the day we're observing it or whatever, but. Because, you know, time in, in quarantine land has no meaning. <laughs> but yeah, we're doing pretty good. Anyways, without further ado, you know, let's just get right into that backlog report. Let's just do All it. right. Yeah, let's roll do on it. in. Um, well, like I said, I do have a lot to report on, so I'm going to try and, and go through it fairly quickly uh, so we don't have to stop on absolutely everything. Um Finished up Dragon Quest V. Like I said, I was towards okay. the end last time. Um, it was a little bit more of an extensive end, but it was good. It was very good. Um, I guess kind of my overall thoughts on the game is it was... It's very Dragon Quest, right? So um, mm-hmm. it is a very traditional JRPG, and I do think I kind of did a disservice to it in that I've already played eight, and then I went back to five. Um, so there, so mechanically there are things in eight that I enjoyed more, but that said the story, and it's a very simple story. Like it, it, there's no like huge twists or anything like that. 
but it's so heartfelt. It is very, um, it is a story about family and the world that it creates as well is, is living because you get to see it from different perspectives. So it's, it's, it's something special in the, in the Dragon Quest series for sure. Um, it was a good time and it's not, you know, it's not too long. I, I don't remember how long I spent on it. Um, but it's not a super long RPG for sure. Um, but it was a good one. I enjoyed Dragon Quest V quite a bit. After good. that, um, I went and took a look at the games that I had marked as playing on the GG app <laughs> for a while. And I played, or I finished up, I guess I was already like a third of the way into the game. But I finished up Transistor, at least a first playthrough. So nice. I, know, I know you're supposed to replay it. Um, I played through it once and I was just like, what? is going on like i don't i don't understand like what, what this is this is such a strange um weird like sci-fi i i really uh uh liked the gameplay of it it's an interesting mashup of like tactical role-playing but action adventure kind of it, it's like if you mash something like secret of mana and final fantasy tactics together which is and you throw in like sort of a weird like almost vats type mm -hmm, system mm -hmm. yeah and like this weird that uh, daryl actually like that that combat was really good it it is it took me a while to get into it mm -hmm. but after yeah oh for sure for sure afterward and but also they they also did it really well to where it is super customizable so you can play it a, a bunch of different ways if you want to mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I really appreciate what they did with that. And, and as I finish, I mean, it's a short game. It's only a few hours. I mean, you know, five, six hours. Um, at least that's what it felt like. And it, it feels like a game, like why has no one else kind of expanded upon this type of combat? Like, I'm really surprised this is, it feels very one of a kind. So it was a really good game. Um, but I had no idea what was going on story wise. Uh, it, it kind of. It it takes somewhat, not quite Dark Souls level of like hiding everything from you, but it does use a lot of of um, that same sort of storytelling where you're supposed to pick up bits and pieces from um, things that you things that you pick up throughout the game rather mm -hmm. than the game like handing you what this overall story was. So um, I was a loser and I just went to YouTube and watched a bunch of YouTube videos on people kind of explaining the story. And I'm like, okay, okay. That, that makes sense. Sort of. Um, it does have a number of plot holes in it. <laughs> it's not exactly the most straightforward thing. And, and there's some, yeah, there's just some weirdness with some of the concepts that are going on throughout the game. But overall I did really enjoy it as, as strange of an it, storytelling experience as it was. Um, the, yeah, the combat was, was really good, especially after you get into it. And, um, uh, yeah, definitely a good game. I don't know if I liked it more than Bastion. Bastion is much more straightforward. Um, but I mean, yeah, those are, those are just both really good games. I need to play the other two games that they've released or have they not fully released their last one? I think it's still in some sort of beta form, isn't it? Uh, Hades yeah. is, yeah, it's still in some sort of like early access. Yeah. There you go. But um, I haven't played their their sports game that they came out with. I can't remember the name of that one. But super, 
super good stuff. So Transistor, good time. So then I decided to look into my games that I had wanted to play this year, and I decided to play Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D on my 3DS. Um, I'd started this one up on Wii, and it was a fun game, but I never played through very much. I played through maybe the first world and a half or something like that. And at this point, I'm halfway through the game, and uh, it gets difficult <laughs> when you first start the game. It's like, do you want to play original mode or do you want to play the new mode? And new mode is basically like easy mode. Like it gives you an extra hit point. And uh, I, I don't... Oh, it, it you can buy other items throughout the game as well. And I'm like, no, give me that original mode. I want to play the way the the game makers decided that this is the way that you should play the game. And, um, and I mean, it doesn't take, it's not like difficult right off the bat, but there are some levels that just like I was telling you in the, in the bro hang it, it, I've spent, you know, a good like 15, 20 lives just playing the same level over and over again, <laughs> trying to Oof. beat it. Um, and it's not, I, I did not expect it to be that. Di- Cause like I said, I, I'm only halfway through the game. I think there's eight worlds and I just finished the fourth today. So there's still a lot to dig into, and I'm enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. It is definitely Donkey Kong Country. Um, you feel like a big ape the way that you're rolling around. It it has a certain weight to it that, you know, your standard Mario game or the last platformer, uh, Celeste, um, you know, it's very different in that it ha- you're slower and you, you feel more weighty. Um, but anyways, it's it's a good game. I enjoy 2D platformers, and so I'm digging that mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I'm going to skip over that one. I don't want to talk about it. Just We'll talk about it later. Um, and then I started on PS4, a game uh, about a dad and a, a, a sweet story about a father and a son called boy. God of War. <laughs> boy. Yes. No, he yes. doesn't say boy. He's a boy. Boy. Yes, boy, with his uh, yeah, the, the his growl at his son, and uh, yeah, it, I'm I mean I'm like two hours in. I'm still at the beginning of the game. I just got mm. to the little witch's den, and uh, it, it's I I tweeted about it actually, and I said I I'm seeing a pattern with Sony exclusives. Now, granted, I've only played a handful of so of of actual PS4 games, but like between Spider Man and this game. Um, it feels like the new thing is playable movies. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like, it's it's actually really cool. I, I like the, the story-driven uh, way of playing these games, but I'm just surprised at how, like, it goes in and out of cutscenes seamlessly, you know, and, and constantly it seems like it's kind of going back and forth between, like, giving me full control and then giving me some control of the way that things play out. Um, mm-hmm. Also, uh, after after playing, you know, the first couple hours of this game, I get why people <laughs> are not so hot on, like, the latest Avengers game. Because I saw a trailer for that uh, earlier this week when I went to GameStop, and I was like, that game just, like, just the graphics, and it kind of looks like a PS3 game. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, God of War looks great, and Spider-Man looks great. Um I'm I'm surprised. I I don't know what happened with some of these newer games. But anyways, I'm not I'm not complaining. I just now understand a little bit more. And I say that to say I'm playing on an original PS4. Um I don't have a 4K TV or anything like that, but it's a very beautiful game. Like mm-hmm. the graphics are just really good. Um Yeah. So. Just to like 
pause there for just a second though i think like the sony first party sort of like adventure you know sort of third person adventure story games with you know single player games that they do are very cinematic in nature they're Mm -hmm. just um and i can't remember what it was but there was some like there Corey barlog tweeted out about some of the camera work that they did on god of war and it it really sort of pushes the envelope in a lot of ways okay so um, nice it's uh it's a very cinematic very pretty game Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i can already tell i mean just from the from the little bit that i've played i can already tell it's like it's tugging at your heartstrings, man. Just even seeing the interactions between, um, between the the main character and his son, it's just like, oh man, oh man. You know, the one thing I would sort of like, and I love that game, like I mm-hmm. really do. I and I think it's just sort of part of the medium, but character progression seems to almost sort of be a little like quick. Okay. Just uh, like in the way that they swing through some of the the character development seems to be, and I think that's just due the, to just gameplay in general. But I, I feel mm-hmm. like it just sort of feels like there's like jumps in the character's sort of personality. I could be, I could be okay. just like maybe maybe that's just me. And it's also been like a hot minute since I played it, but I remember just sort of yeah. thinking. Like uh, th- there's something about like the way that they they're developing these characters that is a little like stilted. It's and okay. I think some of that might be like gamification, it's, it's specifically with Atreus. So okay, okay, interesting. You know, interesting. Yeah, there's some stuff there, and yeah, I'll be interested to to hear what you think of it when you're done. It's, yeah, it it I think it's 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 arguably one of the best games. It might be the best game from last gen on the PS4. It might be mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. just as far as like it sort of does everything. You know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it's it, it's like if 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 somebody was like, give me like three games that I need to play on PS4, it would probably be at the top of the list. Just mm-hmm. like like this is like one of the premier experiences on this console. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I'll, I'll be honest too, is, is part of it is like, I didn't enjoy the previous game and I played mm-hmm. the first one. I haven't played the other ones. Um, but I didn't enjoy that. And so part of me was just like, I mean, I knew that this one was very different, but mm-hmm. it was just based on my previous experience. I was like, eh, okay. Okay. I've heard it's really good. And so I'm going to, you know, it was like one of the first games I got with the PS4 mm-hmm. uh, secondhand. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. I, I'm like, I'm going to play this. I know this is very highly rated, but it wasn't one that like, oh, you know, Bloodborne was the game that I was like, if I ever get a PS4, that's the game that I want for. And then Persona mm-hmm. 5 came out and it's like, okay, yeah, I want that. Um, so it, it wasn't necessarily on the top of my list, except for the fact that it was getting high praise from pretty much everywhere. Um, but I have been impressed from the first few hours by, um, yeah, the cinematic quality, but also, yeah, just just the interactions, the the character interactions. They feel very uh, like you can you can relate almost. I mean, mm-hmm. not that necessarily you you know you become these characters, but just like they feel they feel human if that makes which is funny because the game's called God of War. Um <laughs> so it doesn't really make sense. But um the oh the other thing that I was surprised by is the challenge. 
I've died a handful mm-hmm. of times already yeah. in the first couple hours. I'm like, okay, this game like respects you. Like you need to figure out how to play it. It's not just gonna hold your hand because that was another thing I didn't like about the that the first game is it was pretty button mashy, um, mm-hmm. and you can try and button mash in this one. But because of the variety of enemies that I've come up against so far, now maybe further down the road it might you know get bland because you fight the same things over and over again. I don't know, maybe. But at where I am right now, I'm like, okay, no, like this is this is. I actually have to think about the way that I fight these these battles before um, I just go in guns blazing. Otherwise, I'm gonna die. That so. yeah, the combat is pretty pretty solid. Yeah, uh, yeah, which is not what I had heard about the what I had heard about the game is the story's really good. So, mm-hmm. going into it and like actually enjoying the combat, I'm like, okay, no, no, this is a like quality all-around experience. So, the yeah, the 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 axe and throwing the axe and everything mm-hmm. else and the, it dude, it is super satisfying to like whip that axe at something and then like do the, like the the Mjolnir summon it back to his hand thing. Right, like, right. And then hit is, something else on the way back. Yeah, it's super, it's like sometimes, and you find yourself sort of like positioning yourself, like sometimes I'll chuck the axe at at one enemy and then like I would move to like line it up so that when I called it back, that axe would come back through and through the the other guy, you know. Nice. Sort of doing like the little stun or whatever. Yeah. Or like it's, it sort of stutters. Yeah, that's pretty, it's a, it's a really good game. Yeah, yeah, I'm digging it so far. So that's what I've been playing for the past couple weeks. Um, the only other thing to report on is looking forward to um, next month and Bioshocktober. I went mm-hmm. ahead and dove into Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Um, I even went so far. I, well, I have to say Wes, a uh, good friend of the show, the henchin dad himself, had mentioned uh, finally reading, or actually I say finally, I don't remember if he said he's read them or not before. Um, mm. But he talked about, you know, going into Bioshock if we were going to do it, you know, go through kind of Ayn Rand stuff as well. Because um, apparently Bioshock, there's some overlap there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't played the game. We'll see. Um, but I was very intrigued by that. And if that's the case, I wanted to see kind of some of the thoughts behind it. So why not dive into a 12,000-page novel? Sure. <laughs> I think Paul mentioned that uh, probably the better one would have been The Fountainhead. The Fountainhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, both of those, when I did kind of cursory searches, both of those came up. But I've mm-hmm. just I've just heard of Atlas Shrugged more. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, I want to start, you know, I want, I would rather read her magnum opus if I were to read anything, not knowing yeah. that it's like, you know, four times the size of Fountain, right? Fountainhead is considerably it's, shorter. Yeah, Fountainhead's like a a quarter of that. Yeah. I can't <laughs> remember. Yeah, I'm talking about pages. I'm listening to it. Okay, I'm not going to sit mm-hmm. down and read twelve thousand pages. It's just, I, that's not possible right now. Oh, dude, <laughs> I'm already dude. reading a lot with school. So I like. I read like, Atlas Shrugged. Oh, mm-hmm. probably fifteen years ago. Okay. 12, 13, maybe 12, 13. Anyways, but it was a while ago. And it was like one of those things that like I bought it at like a garage sale and then I started reading it. And it is a really interesting read. Like yeah. very, very interesting. Um, And, you know, we talked about it in the Discord and uh, I'm going to sort of quote myself. But the problem with Rand is this. 
Uh, she she's right on a few things. She's mm-hmm. right on diagnosing like sort of like what's wrong with the world mm-hmm. or what's wrong with America in a lot of ways. But her solution is uh, abysmal because it's like she tried. Uh, man, uh, this is I'm I'm going to read my my response to somebody else. Rand was an amphet- amphetamine fueled nutter who was dead on with diagnosing a lot of social ills, but she was absolutely off when it came to what should be done. It's like she recognized total depravity, but then tried to come up with a solution through materialism apart from the Christian worldview. Oh, wait, that's exactly what she did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there there are parts of what she writes that are very good. And um, mm-hmm. there are other bits. And, and we were sort of talking about this in the bro hang. Listen, uh, Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand, however you want to say it was a very immoral woman and we should not uh objectivism her the philosophy she proposed and uh tried and promoted uh was right on a few things mm-hmm. but as far like in in many ways like objectivism runs completely counter to the christian ethos so right um not 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 complete, but there are parts where they run parallel, but it's sort of like all the wrong steps to get to the right answer occasionally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. So I'm at this point. I think I'm like thirteen or fourteen chapters in. I've been listening to a, a lot of it. Uh, it's a total of forty chapters. So I'm not mm. even halfway in. Um, and I I'm enjoying it. I do think she. Um, she's a good writer, like mm-hmm. the way that she characterizes a lot of things. I have noticed a few things. It feels like, um, it feels like she kind of reuses some of the, especially when she really wants to make a point because this is like, it's a fiction book that's really trying to make some underlying points. And so some of the, like some of the enemy characters have the exact same flaws Mm-hmm. And I get it's because like she's creating this world where this is the way that people think. But when when some of the characters almost like don't, they aren't any different at all. I'm kind of like, okay, is this going to continue for the next, you know, 40 hours? Or is this just a lull? I don't know. So I feel like I can't make a judgment about the book yet. Because also, like, I like the two main characters. Um, but the more that I read, the less that I like them because mm-hmm. their vices come out and i'm just like oh this is weird like i i don't like you as much anymore like i like your i like your views on you know um on work and and politics and things like that but you as a person hmm <laughs> not so much right exactly and there it was seems you're kind of leaning into this more and more the more that i read and so it's like there uh, was a I used to be a two pack a day smoker mm-hmm. and I can't remember the quote, but um, there was, there was a bit that I always liked that she wrote about what people liked about smoking. And it was something like holding fire in their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this all this to say um, smoking cigarettes is not great for you. Probably shouldn't <laughs> do it. Um but I always did like this quote. Uh, I like to think of fire held in, in a man's hand. 
Fire, a dangerous force tamed at his fingertips. I often wonder about the hours when a man sits alone watching the smoke of a cigarette, thinking. I wonder what great things have come from such hours. When a man thinks, there is a spot of fire alive in his mind. And it is proper that he should have the burning point of a cigarette as his one expression. I always like that quote. I thought that's that's a good little bit of prose. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool idea. Yeah, and and she she sprinkles things like that in, mm-hmm. um, kind of all over the place. So so I do I like I like what I've read so far. There are just aspects of it that it also you know I don't know where it's going because I'm not fully you know you get mm-hmm. inklings of of kind of the things that are going to happen. But like there there were some huge things that happened you know eight nine chapters in that made it feel like it was wrapping up but it's not even halfway, you know, it's like not no, even a quarter of the way into the book. Um, so, so there are much bigger things ahead. So, uh, I'm enjoying it. I'll say I'm enjoying it. Um, although I'm, a, I'm slightly on guard because like I said, I'm liking the main characters less and less the more that I read. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes and we'll see in the next coming episodes, how far that I get, because it's like a 60 hour audiobook. So. That's fun. Anyways, I've I've that that's a lot for my report. That's a lot to report on. What do you have to report on? Uh not a ton. Okay. Uh, I've been playing played a little bit of uh Majora's Mask on 3DS. Yeah. Uh that's it's it's good. I that's good. It's uh one of those things where I'm kind of like, yeah. I think I'm just going to like uh I'm going to play it and then when I get stuck I'm just going to use a walkthrough because uh, I kind of feel like I don't need to <laughs> re-dig into that that world. Yeah. You know what I'm I mean, saying? You like, I'm basically just kinda, like, completed it before, so yeah. So, and and I am thinking about sort of hunting down a good bit of that stuff. Um, just kind of uh, played, I, I don't know if I had mentioned this or not, but I did roll credits on Anthem. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I was just sort of thinking about, I really enjoyed that game. Uh, nice. I've kind of been, I think like the thing is I want to uh, get max level on that and sort of preparation for when that, that big update sort of comes, mm-hmm. you know, like, and and I know that the, the game that like the version that I played is, has sort of benefited from a lot of updates and patching and everything else. But I, yeah. I, you know, I, I legitimately think that the game is fairly solid uh, as it stands now. So it'd be nice to see them do a bit, you know, have a bit of a comeback. And you and I were sort of talking about this a little bit, uh, but I've been playing Sundered. Uh, it's a mm-hmm. Metroidvania uh, from Thunder Lotus studios thunder lows productions whatever it's this really when i was telling explaining to you i said it might be the most josh game i've ever played (laughs) it's uh it's a metroidvania it's all like hand-drawn really gorgeous sort of animations and um just visuals but then it's got sort of this uh lovecraftian sci-fi vibe that is excellent I just, nice. I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's like the way the, the illustration I shared with you. And I, I think I said this to somebody else at one point in time, but like, you know, somebody was comparing it to Hollow Knight and Ori and I'm like, okay, so Hollow Knight and Ori are like, like 
the the 15 year scotch mm-hmm. like you know yes they are outstanding you know there's all they're also like 100 there's a reason they're like 120 bottle 120 dollar bottles of 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 liquor mm-hmm. um i said but you know like sundered is a 60 to 70 dollar bottle of bourbon it's very good for what it is is it like the the 15 year old scotch or the 20 year old scotch or whatever <laughs> no <laughs> but it's still very good mm-hmm. it's a, it's kind of a different thing it's you know a lot of similarities um but i i i'm enjoying it a lot um so that's haven't really been playing much of anything else uh and I I've yet to record well as as of our recording I've yet to record my bite size but uh, on our upcoming bite size I'm going to the the bite size that I have yet to record I will be talking about backlogs and burnout. Uh-huh. Um, at least that's the plan. We'll see what happens. <laughs> like things could totally change, you know, by tomorrow when I when I will do that. Yeah. Um as far as reading I haven't really listened to anything uh, too big. Uh, I have been listening to a book called Snow Crash. Um, okay, it's dude, it's real weird. Uh, by Neil Stevenson. It's it's older. It was released on audiobook in two thousand. It so far, I'm not done with it, but it is bizarre in the best possible way. It's sort of a dystopian cyberpunk sort of okay. I think it's in a lot of ways, it's the book that uh, Ready Player Ernest Klein. It's the book that Ernest Klein wishes he could write. <laughs> because this is actually engaging and sort of interesting. Okay. Um, it's got some very, like, uh, what is it? Dan Brown, the guy who wrote the, uh, the Da Vinci Code. Was that Dan Brown? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's got some very, like, Dan Brown sort of moments. Okay. But- it's it's weird. It's it's got just really, I don't know, but I I like it. It's it's sort of enjoyable so far. Nice. Um, but yeah, it, the book starts out from the perspective of a pizza delivery guy, but it's like the most high stakes pizza delivery system you've ever heard <laughs> about in your life. It's <laughs> it's pretty insane. Pizza um, or die. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Which sounds you get absolutely your pizza ridiculous. In 30 minutes or we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever read like if you ever read it, you'll yeah, it's it's pretty pretty wild. Uh okay. anyways, uh it's a very interesting little slice of like pop culture phenomena. But nice. Yeah, I mean that's as as far as like reading goes, like I just haven't really done much of anything like that like just you know like i was telling you earlier the last six months have just kind of been weird and it's just been hard for me to get into any sort of like healthy meaningful rhythms but yeah anyways 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 i that's that's all i got so i'm sure we have friends who have things to say right yeah probably exactly we've given our our reports um but we do have something else to report on but we're not going to be reporting on it our friends are going to report on it. So, without further ado, here's a word from our friends. <clears throat> Excuse me, may I have a moment of your time to talk about the wonder and beauty of Chokusatsu? 
See, tokusatsu is a Japanese word for special effects and usually refers to those super fun TV shows you watched as a kid with those heroes wearing spandex and those giant rubber monsters with cool explosions and awesome transformations. That's so cool. I happen to be a big fan of it and run a podcast about the entire genre. So if you could just, like, I don't know, subscribe and, and take a listen to my episodes, I'd greatly appreciate it. It's called The Henshin Dad Podcast, and it's it's kind of awesome, or at least my, my mom thinks so, but she still hasn't reviewed it on iTunes yet, so. But anyway, thanks for your time. Just just check it out, The Henshin Dad Podcast. It's on Anchor, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, okay, okay, bye! And we're back. <laughs> Wasn't that a great word? Or two. I'm sure it was. It was. It was funny. Maybe I liked it. I, I um. I was actually listening to some of the different spots that they have done, mm-hmm. and uh, some of those are quite funny. Yeah, I, like I, I think I think they're entertaining. Love getting pwned. Yes, go get pwned. Um. All that. <laughs> all that being said, you just listened to that little like soundbite or whatever. Uh, we are members of the Playwell Network. You should check it out on the interwebs i'm pretty sure if you just google the Playwell network i'm we're gonna do like a stress test here yeah playwellnetwork.com.com and it shows up bang it's all all one word with a dot com at the end and bazinga there it goes it's <laughs> there it goes retro station henshin dad us he doesn't have the rusty speeder in here paul get on that so we're all part of the Playwell network it's a cool thing but we're going to talk about we 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 get we got some reader mail. And this yes. isn't the first time. And at some point in time, you know, we do need to just go back to that message that I got from Reed a while back about the the Ashura polls and stuff. And I'll have to pull that up. Oh yeah. It was uh maybe maybe we've gone too far. Maybe we're too far removed from it. But I don't think so. We're just really, you know, it's it's been on our backlog. At some point in time, we need to manage that backlog. <laughs> right, exactly. Our backlogs are getting flabby. We need, <sighs> to, we need to tighten it up. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So John uh, sent in an email and he says, I have a topic that I would be honestly, that I would honestly be really interested in hearing your guys' opinions on, uh, either a bite-sized or a full episode. And here's the question. What is your opinion on having a full-time job slash making a career out of something purely entertainment-based as a Christian? Uh, For example, Mm -hmm. professional gaming, game development, etc. I think it's been brought up in passing or at least referenced. As far as I know, you haven't made any episodes about it yet, but I'm behind on episodes, so I could be wrong. Well, no, John, you're not wrong. We haven't actually gone into depth. Like, we haven't had an Mm in-depth conversation on this but we thought it was a good enough question that we sort of drag it out and uh talk about it and i don't know if you have like any particular idea on how to sort of like tackle this because there's there's for us there's a very sort of like easy answer in a lot of ways like we've talked about like vocation and all these other things but we also threw that out to the uh the our patrons aka the bro chachos and we mm-hmm. got some feedback there, and I thought it might actually be helpful to start with what Wes and Paul both had to say. Before we jump right into that, because they, um, well, just because of the the nature of where they go with it, I do want to acknowledge that, like, even 
listening to the to the question it was like oh that i mean my mind immediately ah i want to um i i just want to say that it's a it's a really good question Mm -hmm. like it caused me to kind of step back and think about it because i hadn't ever i hadn't ever asked that question directly to myself before you know in in sort of roundabout ways sure um, I've had, you know, passing thoughts about it, but to, but to directly ask, like, is this truly like the best, um, the best use of someone's, I, I was going to say the use of time, but it's not even that it's, 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 you know, it's like your career. It's like what you do day in and day out kind of a thing. It's what you end up doing for, you know, a majority of your working life. Um, so I, I totally get kind of the tension there of whether or not this is something that's worth it well i think the question you're sort of asking there is like it like are these things meaningful labor like are Mm -hmm. these are these worthy work you know are these these areas of and and i think like you know without going too far down the rabbit trail before we sort of like it depends I mean, you know, well, you know what? Okay, let's, yeah, let's pump the brakes and we can sort of play with this one for a few minutes and then we'll drag out what uh, Paul and Wes have to say. My, I, I've spent like a couple of weeks thinking about this and mm-hmm. the, the, the short answer is it depends. And Paul and Wes br- both brought up some interesting points that I think, you know, will sort of echo some of this. I definitely think believers, uh, Christians need to be in these spheres in the sense that in a lot of ways, this is where culture is and Mm -hmm. we need to be speaking into that. However, I would say like, I think I look at like Ninja, right? And some of these like huge streamers, Mm -hmm. like particularly in streaming, like, um, and these guys are just, they're massive influencers, et cetera, et cetera. And I would just sort of like, there is just as much as I would even sort of say, like, I would caution anybody, maybe not caution against, but I would definitely sort of encourage anybody who was pursuing like acting, like basically anytime you're pursuing a career where fame could be part of the equation, I think like as Christians, we, I'm not saying that Christians can't be famous. What, what I am Mm -hmm. saying is, uh, we need to be careful there. Because uh, because yeah. of the the unique pressures that are culturally sort of like, I, I I would say that I think for most people fame is not a good thing. I think for yeah. most people, fame is a poison that actually ruins their lives. Um, the the mm. pressure uh, from from culture and society and fans and everything else. Um, and I think that if you are pursuing something like streaming or you know, specifically with streaming, where that is a very like sort of front facing audience sort of engaging, like if you are doing something like that just to like sort of to, to chase fame, uh, I would just like you know, sort of offhand my initial response is like, no, no, don't do that. Uh, stay yeah. actually like that kind of individual. I would be like, stay as far away from this as you possibly can. Uh, but mm-hmm. as a general rule, like you know, I would say like I think it takes a very unique individual to be able to handle uh, sort of the temptations and the stresses that that kind of platform can can introduce. 
and it, it's mm-hmm. and just like I would say, like in a lot of things, it's not for everybody. But I do think that Christians need to be, you know, we need to be involved in work wherever it's happening because, you know, in a way, like th- that's where the world is. And until Jesus comes back, that's where we need to hang out. Like we we, you know, it's sort of like being in the world and not of the world, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The and and just the other thought that I had in 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 all of this though is that I think we also need to be very honest about that this is an entertainment based industry, and entertainment yeah. is in many ways a luxury. And so if it's like mm-hmm. the what I what I would say is like if you have a like you know he also brings up like development and being like in, in like the programming sort of mm-hmm. development side, and I'm saying like. I don't. I think like it, you can code or develop or design a game and, and make a game. That's fine. And and I think we do need Christian develop. And again, we need Christian developers out there. But mm-hmm. I don't think it is good to encourage people to pursue these things at at the expense of actually meeting their obligations. So if you can do this and make a living at it. Okay, but you don't pursue this at the expense of like paying your bills and putting food on the table and your family hmm. and and taking care of your family and things like that. So that's sort of like the 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 initial like and there's 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 always areas of sacrifice, but I sort of look at this in, yeah. in the sense that like if if you're going to pursue these, you you had best do it is you had best do it in a way that does not um more so like and especially if there are other viable options so it's like if mm-hmm. like you know you could have a job where you work like nine to five but you just don't want to you'd rather play video games and and try and get somebody to, to pay you for it uh that's that's sketchy and iffy and problematic but you know that, those are just some of like my initial thoughts on, on that yeah so i don't know if i no, no, yeah, yeah. I, I think well, and that's that's kind of what I was trying to get at too. Is just that like, it is a good question, and it actually it goes it goes deeper. Kind of as I was trying to crack it open, it brings up so many other things along with it. Um, and I think it kind of depends on your assumptions towards the medium in general, um, but also ideas of work, ideas of entertainment. And all all of these different things kind of come together. So it's easy to kind of not think about the question and just kind of assume, yeah, of, co- of course you can, yeah, y- you can stream without thinking deeper about some of the consequences of that. Um, and yeah, no, I, I haven't either. But even just thinking about what, what work is, um, and certainly I do think as Christians, like we do... Um, we believe in the dignity of work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that work is a good thing, even though it is now a difficult thing because it's been cursed, <laughs> like we have cursed it. Um, but it is a good thing to work. And so um, in a sense, yeah, yeah, work is dignified, right? And and th- for the most part, I mean, Christians can enter into all kinds of different 
types of work. Like you can do all kinds of different things to make money. Um, I would say the limit to that is when what you're doing is contributing toward sin, right? If you're, if what you're doing encourages others to, if, if you're sinning in what you're doing, first of all, okay. Uh, then, the, then it's obviously wrong. You shouldn't be doing that as a Christian. Um, and if you are causing other, now in this, and this gets a little more nuanced, but I think far and wide, or, you know, it broad brush here is that you ought to seek out in what you do in, in your vocation, in your career, in your job, you ought to seek something out that is for the good of others. Okay. Broad brush. Um, therefore it should not deliberately be trying to cause people to sin. Right. Yeah. Now, I understand we live in a fallen world, and so there are things that, um, you know, does that mean that you, if you work for a large corporation and this large corporation donates to Planned Parenthood, does that mean that you can't work there? That is a that is a I don't know moral dilemma or something. That that's kind of a an issue that I don't necessarily want to tackle today. That's that's a deeper issue. I, I think that one it kind of leaves up to your own conscience excuse me, your own conscience. I think it's more along the lines of what you are directly doing as opposed to to what you're supporting. But that's a, that's a whole other can of worms well, that you can open up. I, I think a way of saying that too is like, if what you are doing is actively encouraging or demanding that people yes. sin, then that's mm-hmm. problematic. But if what you right. are doing and and sort of, I would just say as a general rule, like streaming, a video game as a general mm-hmm. rule you're not causing anybody to sin right i would say right 99% of the time in in a stream you're not causing anybody to sin by playing that game so it's mm-hmm. like you know maybe like you aren't actively seeking to sort of lead others into sinful behavior i yeah I, and and in so far that you need to be careful about the types of games that you mm-hmm. play, right? There are that we've had episodes on games that we will not play for different reasons, you know, for just the type of games that we play, but also for the content that are in certain games. And so that is something that I think, like, if you were to stream, going to, we've gotten past the point of is it sinful? No. Okay. By and large, no. But can you do it in a sinful way? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where, um, kind of the rubber meets the road and where we need to have wisdom. If that's something like, especially if that's something that you are seriously considering doing for, uh, for a career, for a job, or even for, even for a a specific amount of time. Um, that's something that, yeah, you ought to think through. And again, I had never thought through it (laughs) before this question was asked. It was just kind of a given like, Oh yeah, that'd be fun to do. Not that I would ever do that because I don't have the time for something like that. Um, but if, you know, if, it's it's a good kind of thing to think about um, when you think about kind of Christian vocation in general. So um, yeah, it's it's kind of thrown me for a loop, and I've I've kind of had to rethink a number of things kind of going into this conversation. But uh, like we said, I do think by and large, no, we don't think it's there's anything wrong with a Christian going into the video game industry as a whole. Um, I, I, yeah, there, there's certainly more conversation that we can, that we can have mm-hmm. in terms of, in terms of the question of like, is this the best use of your skills, of your talents, of your abilities? 
Okay, well, you also weigh that with, like you had talked about, I mean, it is a good thing to have Christians in spheres of life that are, um, that reach out to the culture that we're in, mm-hmm. right? Um, in ways that, that we can be a light in uh, an otherwise dark place, mm-hmm. you know, some, something like that. So so the, I, the, the fact that there are Christian content creators, you know, Christian YouTubers, I think is by and large a good thing. Now, obviously, we have to be wise with how we do those things. But broad brush, I think the first step is, no, we don't think it's, it's necessarily sinful. Now, the question is, how do we do that wisely? Um, and with that, I, th- I think we can jump into to kind of what uh, additions that Wes and Paul had, because uh, I think they made some really good points mm-hmm. um, that were quite convincing. So if you don't mind, yeah. we can read those out. Um, I'll start with, let me see what I have. Okay. Wes is just right in front of me. So I'll go ahead and read his first. Um, and, and, uh, these are quite long, which is great because they're very well thought out. Um, so Wes says, this is a question I hear a lot from my students, Wes being a teacher. Uh, they often declare that they want to do something with video games when they get older, usually making them or streaming them. Because of this, I've had a lot of great conversations with them about it and it I certainly think it can be a very honorable field to get into. And forgive me, I'm probably going to stumble over the words. It's not Wes, it's me. Uh generally speaking there are so many avenues you can get into if you have an interest in video games instead of the usual making and playing mindsets we tend to have when we're growing up. Because they're so multimedia focused, most kinds of creative and technical skills are useful in the gaming industry. Everything from programming and marketing to art and design. This is usually the conversation I have with kids, and it's amazing to see how their eyes light up when they realize they can really develop their talents under the umbrella of working with video games as their end goal. At this point in time, it's a multifaceted vocational focus like most others, and given its cultural acceptance in our day and age, it's, it is way more understandable as a career. When I lived in South Korea, I remember passing by a ton of art studios in Seoul that advertised their focus as being a place where young adults can work on art specifically for mobile games. It was quite interesting seeing the cultural differences at the time, and I can imagine that the only reason it isn't as embraced in the Western world is because of the panic about video games and morality in the 80s and 90s. I would also say that Christians specifically should take the opportunity to work in these industries as best as they are able if they feel a passion for it and can handle potential adversity. The gaming world and culture we see in the U.S. definitely skews in particular directions, both theologically and politically, so in a way, it is a ripe vocational mission field for a mature Christian to undertake if they have the gifts and desires. So, TLDR, it's a great idea, and I think we need to get starting, we need to start getting involved with the industry as much as we can, whether through programming, art, writing, streaming, or anything else that requires good and proper labor. Yeah, I mean... I would sort of like a hail and hearty affirmation to all of what he said. I think though mm-hmm. the the one sort of and I, I've sort of been thinking about uh and listening to that book uh Range and just some stuff from the the Greystone Institute. Just thinking about how Americans look at work in general. And I think mm-hmm. like Wes brings up Wes sort of affirms the point that like we seek to encourage good work. Um, mm-hmm. Just like, you know, it's it's hard for me to, to, to sort of flesh this all out the way that I want to. While 
it is definitely good to encourage kids to sort of like pursue these things. I think we also need to, and this is just sort of me as a laborer speaking too as well. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I think in a lot of ways too, what we need to do, we, we need to be preparing our children yeah, and this is just the one thing is like we I think we need to like encourage our kids to see like okay like yes being a video game developer is a very cool thing and like yes we should definitely have like you know believers in those fields and we want capable people doing that work but we also need to start treating all work as you know being worthwhile and like you know mm -hmm. not just say like oh well you know yes like, you know, wh when I was growing up, it was like firefighters and cops and whatever else. Like, those were the cool guys. But it's like, are you, you know, what? It, well, now cops are just, yeah. <laughs> find, find, a, yeah. find a kid who wants to be a cop now. Um, right. And, you know, somebody will probably, you know, call him a fascist and, you know, but that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> I think like the, the part of the problem is that, I guess sort of what I'm trying to get at here is that in a lot of ways, these are sort of glamorized vocations. And okay. as a yeah. general rule, I think we need to encourage children and just encourage people. And like, we need to equip people and encourage people to look at all work as, you know, like just, you know, it, it's good to be a mailman. It is good to be, a sound tech. It is good to be a farmer. It is good. You, you know, there's a ton of stuff and we yeah. need to start just saying like, and, and that's like the one sort of that, that's one of the concerns that I have with some of this stuff is that like, yeah, you know, I, there's nothing wrong for the kid that, that actually wants to do this, but there is that, that bit where I'm just like, we also need to say like, Hey, you know, what's really cool. Plumbers. And those dudes get paid a bunch of money. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like learn to be a plumber, have a useful skill. Like, you know, like we tend to sort of treat intellectual, sort of intellectually heavy work. So like people who write or people who do X, Y, and Z as being somehow inherently more valuable in culture. And I think like mm -hmm. in a lot of ways that one of the things we do as, as Christians, one of the things we do need to do is start really pushing back against that and saying, no, like all labor, all work uh, like is valuable and so like just as mm -hmm. much as you need like you know just as much as you and it's not to sort of like swing that pendulum too far in the other direction but it's like yeah you know, yeah like if if you have a kid who's you know wants to code and is good at it and whatever else like yeah cultivate those strengths and yeah but at the same time you know i think it's like we also need to like let our let our children and just people in general know that like, you know, it's good to like, ha like it's good to have handy people around. Like right. we need mechanics, we need brick, you know, bricklayers. We need, you need these other people. And like, I think sometimes it's very easy. That is one of the things that just in sort of, as we've been thinking about this too, is like, it's very easy to sort of like lose the dignity of other work. And, mm -hmm. and sort of like this is so that's that's a, a sort of I don't know if it's even like a pushback or a sort of a counterpoint to what Wes was saying. But like, yeah, we should absolutely be encouraging K 
kids to like look at these things, especially if they have like an inclination and a work ethic towards it. Um, but yeah, at the same time, like, you know, it's uh, that's that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think another point kind of along with what you said earlier is about the the fame aspect of, of something like streaming. Um, I think, you know, it, and maybe this just comes as me, you know, being a dad and, and seeing my kids too. But the, but um, as as I think about vocation, another thing or work in general, another thing to consider, uh, like, yes, there is dignity in in work just in general. Um, but I do think we ought to be kind of digging out or or encouraging people as they ask this question um, to ask kind of the why behind it. Like, yes, at the end of the day, like you want you you need money to provide for your family, to provide for yourself. Yes, and that and that's a good thing. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think that what you what you do. Um, ought to benefit other people. So for instance, you something like um something like a multi-level marketing scheme is built on some element of deceit, right? And I'm well I'm not condemning the MLM stuff enters. is basically built on you taking advantage of the people below you. Right. And so I, I'm it, I'm sure there are companies that are more upfront about that. And so I'm not I'm not trying to like condemn anyone in particular, but I'm saying there are certain industries, there are certain businesses, there are certain companies that are built on um, not seeking to benefit others, right? So something like you said, a plumber benefits people, mm-hmm. right? People need their, you know, need things worked on. And so you call a plumber and they fix it and it's awesome. Um and they get paid well for what they do because it benefits other people. And so I think I think we also ought to encourage um, the the idea, the thought process of how does this benefit other people? Like when when you go into the workforce, are you simply just looking for self fulfillment, or are you looking to better the people that you come in contact with? Um, so for something like a streamer or, okay, say, say for, for video game development, like what are you trying to do when you're creating the games? Like, do you just, do you just want to create a game for you or are you actually looking to benefit other people by what you create in what ways? And I think even if they don't have an answer right now, I think that's a good question to get, to get them thinking of like, okay, how can I do this in such a way? Again, it, it being from a Christian standpoint of like, how are you encouraging others? Like, how are you living for the benefit of other people as well as your own benefit? Um and so, yeah, when you're streaming, what are you, what does this add to the people who watch you stream these games, mm-hmm. right? Now, and I think that's one of the places that I, that I went to. I think that's kind of the, 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 where we can uh, kind of run into a wall when we think about entertainment in general, because we have kind of a low view of it. In in some ways, in some ways we're kind of over entertained. Yeah. Um. But I think that also contributes to a low view of it. 
in in a certain way. It's it's kind of like you know people who chronically overeat, like myself. Um, you tend to just eat garbage, right? You're not eating five course meals <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're in shoveling it down your gullet. Um, you're you're usually if you're yeah. Anyways, you're, so you're I, eating I'm, a box of cookies or you know half a, yes. half a bag of Doritos or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so when we over entertain ourselves, we end up having a low view of it in general. So I, I think that that is a contributing factor. And so it can be difficult to think through, okay, what does this actually benefit other people? Um, and to that, I think Paul had some some really good insight um, into the value of I guess, just entertainment in general. So um, this is another uh, couple paragraphs here. Paul says, uh, I think this is a topic that's sorely missed by both Christians and society. You see it in society when, like when sports teams cancel games over current events. And it's so universally approved of that this should happen without a thought as to why the sporting event existed in the first place, which was clearly a way to decompress, to relieve stress, to share an experience with friends and family, to escape the day for a bit. This is something the modern world hates and that they and they want their recreation to tie them further into the battle over their neighbors instead of a release valve. This is why they want their agenda pushed in recreation. They do not want the momentary escape. They want the pressure of their agenda pressed upon you. So when they say we can't play baseball because something important is happening, when that's exactly the reason we should play baseball... Uh, I don't think I read that correctly. Sorry, but hopefully that point came across. Uh, Good recreation has a way of resetting us, of calming down and letting us get some distance to get better perspective. Tolkien says in On Fairy Stories, I've claimed that escape is one of the main functions of fairy stories, and since I do not disapprove of them, it is plain that I do not accept the tone of scorn or pity with which escape is now so often used. Why should a man be scorned if, finding himself in prison, he tries to get out and go home? Or if he cannot do so, he thinks and talks about other topics than jailers and prison walls. And here's Paul again. And it's the same with the entertainer. We hate that word so much we replaced it with content creator because it sounds more impressive. But the entertainer really wor- or works really hard to bring joy, mirth, hope, awe, and many more things to his audience. And we're seeing a world without these things. We are seeing what happens to a people who don't laugh anymore. It's a terrible thing. Hmm. Um, Further on, he goes, making money doing this with games is more in reach today than is baseball, rock and roll, visual art, etc. It really is something very much within reach with very little upfront investment except for time and practice. And as someone who entertains part-time, man, I'd love for any one of my efforts to hit big and let me go full-time. Yeah. I and I think that 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 is yeah that is sort of without coming out and expressly saying it I think like Paul is sort of like highlighting the fact that like yeah we have culturally we have a very low view of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um and it and it's yeah. because it is just sort of like it, it was a guy sort of talk, you know comparing the the uh the fall of Rome to sort of what's going on in you know, Western culture, well, American culture right now in American society. And he talked about how like there's sort of an, an intelligentsia that's really just out of touch with reality and the rest of the people mm-hmm. around them. Uh, you know, it talked about like just the, the overabundance of, and I, and I think I would just sort of say it's like, just like there's a lot of really garbage 
entertainment out there that isn't really worth mm-hmm. anything that's sort of paraded as sort of being this highbrow, super intellectual stuff, but yeah. isn't, it's just, it's self-indulgent and it's just, a, a lot of times it's just worthless. Um, yeah. You know, there's, I mean, this, that sort of goes back to the conversations that, the conversations that we've had about art and just art and games and just art in general mm-hmm. and how, I definitely think there there is room for things to just be fun. Like just yeah. and we don't have to sort of get so worried about the morale like you, you know aside from as believers in a way we always need to sort of be aware of the moral ramifications and the the world views and the moral arguments that are being sort of presented to us and pushed on us and everything else and, but at the same time uh, you know, sometimes we need to just be able to laugh at things because they're funny and they're goofy. Mm-hmm. And we've all had, like, you know, I, I've talked about uh, how Megan and I enjoy the greatest show, the greatest sitcom on television, uh, The New Girl. That's <laughs> um, a really bad bit on my part. But um, it, it is, I, yeah, I, I do like it better than The Office. Um, yeah. But... You're crazy, but no. continue. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. As I roll my eyes and just sort of, uh, anyway, anyways, um, you know, there's just no accounting for taste, Josh, N- none. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apparently I'm right. the one who has no taste. Uh, <laughs> just, just me. Yeah. It's obviously me. It's not, Yeah, you know, it's not like everybody else who loves the office is right or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anyways uh that was a bad bit i'm sorry uh it, it went nowhere um but you know there there are moral situations in that show that are kind of like i'm kind of like ah oh, this is skeevy this is weird this is whatever blah blah blah, mm-hmm. blah blah and sometimes it's just it's okay for me to laugh at the ridiculousness of those situations because they're ridiculous yeah. and in a way like we we all have those moments where by engaging in some healthy sort of like recreation you can actually sort of like maybe even learn to laugh at yourself a little bit like what you can recognize where like your life echoes the sort of the the ridiculousness the ludicrousness of those scenarios and be like oh i've been there yeah i can laugh at this because i've been there i i don't know maybe that's me reading too much into it or whatever but you know what though? I, I would also say I think that coupled with that low view of entertainment, there's also sort of uh there are people who seek to make every sort of statement, <clears throat> artistic statement mm-hmm. or creative statement, sort of politically, intellectually charged in order to sort mm-hmm. of like fluff their own ego. So um hmm. some interesting thoughts there. Yeah. yeah, and and I think well, there's a combination too of, and this doesn't go with with absolutely everyone. Okay, I think I think there are certain um, there are certain groups of people who don't like struggle with this at all. And I use the word struggle loosely, but I mean, you know, people who are perfectly fine over entertaining themselves or whatever. Um, but I do think that there's this kind of, if I can use the term, kind of like productivity culture. Um, that bears down that says, you know, you need to hustle every minute of every day 
um, and you can't be bothered with with frivolous things like entertainment, right? So there's that idea. But then also within kind of the Christian sphere of things, um, our our time on earth is limited, right? As as everyone's is, right? But we also do have a mission and a purpose, and why why we're here. And so there is sometimes uh, there's this idea of this added pressure right of like well we can't be fooling around you know we can't be um is this is this really the best use of our time kind of a thing um and so that can that can all get mashed together and 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 go against kind of what Paul is saying is like well n- no sometimes entertainment is there like to give us rest mm-hmm. right to get to to allow us to to kind of decompress from everything else that is so important in life um, I mean, and it's not. What, what's well, that? I was gonna say, and that's he touched on it. That's what recreation is meant for. Recreation mm-hmm. is is supposed to sort of be a breath of fresh air, and it doesn't mean it yeah. can't be provocative from time to time, uh, or right. that like it, like I I look at when when I'm lifting weights and I'm in that rhythm, like I enjoy that time, and that refreshes me and empowers me. Yes, does it also mm-hmm. exhaust me and sort of push me? Yeah. But at the same time, it is like so there there is like and I would say in a way that is recreational, that is entertaining, but it is also mm-hmm. good and encouraging and edifying. And like yeah. it doesn't these things don't have to be mutually exclusive. It's not saying that everything has to to sort of carry that same weight. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. So I th- I think kind of as we're sort of trying to kind of lay in the plane a little bit, um, I-, I do think that we would both agree that it is not only is it um, not wrong for a Christian to enter into one of these fields. Um, I think it is definitely when you look at the culture and you see how popular these things are, it can be a good place for Christians to be for a number of reasons, not necessarily to create Christian propaganda. Mm, okay. I'm yeah. Not saying that. I'm not I'm not saying that you rush in and try no, and please please you know. don't do that. That's that's not what we need. <laughs> Usually that doesn't go over well for anyone. Um and and we've seen Christian video games, right? We've uh, we've seen how terrible those have turned out uh, in the past. Um so you know, go and play super three D Noah's Ark in that train wreck. Um, so I'm not saying to do that, but I'm saying like even in okay, when it comes to your day in day out job, like hey, like to enter into a field where you're gonna be around other people, other people programming games, um, right, or or streaming and building a community, um like these can be good opportunities to be a light in those areas. So, so no, we don't think that there's anything wrong with pursuing one of these, uh, one of these for pursuing the video game industry in general. That said, um, are, do you have any thoughts as to, um, not even necessarily fences, but any, any wise ways that we ought to, or any wisdom, excuse me, that we ought to give for someone seeking to pursue that. Because um, I think there are certain dangers, like we've touched on, with seeking fame. 
um, for instance, one thing that that I thought of is just how, um, you know, with, pretty much with any industry, you have to start somewhere, right? So um, I I would find, say, working on a game that would compromise your morals or that would encourage the people playing the game to uh, to sin in some way. Now, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, it, it's different for different people. There are certain games that we will not play. But say, um, would it be okay for a Christian to, uh, or or would it be wise? Okay, we've already said yes in general, it's okay. Would it be wise for a Christian to be helping to program a game that has a lot of fan service? I don't. I don't know. I think you have to be careful there. Yeah. Um, I, I think you really have to kind of considering consider kind of what I said earlier, like what is, are, are you actually benefiting your fellow man? Yes. You're creating some form of recreation. And so that is beneficial. Cool. Um, that, you know, that's, that goes into the pro column, but there are certain games that, um, you know, I personally don't think should be made, but, um, you, <sighs> I hate I hate being so subjective, but there's a certain like that is something that is between you and the Lord, certainly. But I would encourage you to think about that. Like what is it that you are encouraging in the games that you're creating or in the, the games that you're playing on stream or something like that? Well, I think it goes back to that that principle is like if the the assets that you're creating, okay, like and it's like, you know, we I'm not even talking about like the weird dating sims that are kind of like racy mm-hmm. but like there's a, right. a series of fighting games i think that senran kagura or something like that where yeah. it's like mm-hmm. these very uh busty young women and there's lots of jiggle physics and you know frankly i would look at a, a guy who's like well you know i can get in the door by working with this studio i'd be like uh no like I, because yeah. because that product is and, and maybe this is just me being legalistic, but I would say like, you know, listen, like that product is, is de- designed to titillate and exploit, you know, and while it may mm-hmm. not even be pornographic in nature by itself. And and again, I'm not, I don't really know anything about those games other than I've seen like, you know, I've seen like screenshots or, you know, like it, mm-hmm. it shows up yeah. from time to time. And so like, I've seen that stuff and just based on what I'm seeing, I'm like, well, I'm not going to play this game because it's sort of like lewd content sort of stuff. But um, right. I'm I'm not sure it would be wise for a person like, you know, knowing that like, that's the kind of game where it's like, well, I could get a job working on this game and I'd kind of be like, yeah, go find something else. Like, because mm-hmm. what, what you're contributing to at that point in time is like this is is in a lot of ways just by very nature of what it is intended to sort of like be temp uh you know a temptation and so like yeah mm-hmm. well like look at like the witcher all right so there was some very graphic adult pornographic content in those games um mm-hmm. but the bulk of the game wasn't that and so mm-hmm. I would say, like, if if a believer could work on that game without knowing, you know, without sort of actively being involved in those and without even knowing that maybe, like, I think, like, it would, like a person's conscience could be fine working on that game in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I don't know. It's it's such a. I think in a lot of ways, what I would say here is, you know, th- this sort of emphasizes the necessity of ha- having um, good friends and mentors mm-hmm. and voices in your life who can sort of speak yeah. to this and ask, ask, you know, ask, ask these good questions and sort of like, you know, provide the necessary sort of like counsel and wisdom because there, there are some people who might be able to do that stuff and it's not going to affect them. I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. but because I don't know sort of the disposition of their hearts. Like I know their disposition of, of an individual's heart in the loosest of terms, in the sense that all hearts mm-hmm. are wicked and sinful and even regenerate hearts sort of struggle with and fall to temptation. And so like, I can speak to that, but where you're yeah. uh, an individual specific struggles might be well that's that's kind of it is in a way it is subjective there are some things that are just that are not nearly as black and white as maybe people want to assume they are you know a bit of wisdom that i would sort of encourage is like the people who know you your parents your pastor uh any mentors maybe good godly friends whose counsel you trust ask them what they think and Another thing that I sort of think of is, and I I alluded to it earlier, but like if you are the type of individual who seeks out the praise of others, Mm -hmm. I would. There's a person who who does good work, and when they get the good job, that's it is nice to hear like the the attaboy. There's it is good, Mm -hmm. but there are people who work solely to sort of pursue that. And I would say like, and, and who sort of, or who behave in ways to have people affirm them or tell them they're pretty or whatever, like, you know, sort of what I would call the, the, the sort of the commonplace influencer, like those, those individuals, the reason they're there is they want people to affirm them and sort of like, they need that constant, like ego stroking. And I would just say like, if that's sort of like, if you lean in that direction, stay away from it run away from it, mm-hmm. run away from streaming, run away from anything that's going to give you sort of um, a, a a public platform because I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's, and, and, and then again, this is just sort of like me, like ballparking, like as a general rule, I would yeah. say like your disposition is not going to serve you well. Um, like your, your disposition towards sort of seeking out that praise is actually going to uh, poison you. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I think I like what you brought up earlier of just like making sure that you have a a solid, you know, community around you. I think that's what the church is for, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, but but also having like, you know, for lack of a better term, like counselors around Mm -hmm. you. Uh, just people that you can go to when you know you want to ask those tough questions of like oh is this is this really right um because you brought up kind of like if you know in your own conscience if this is a problem um but i do think there's also the aspect of like if you're creating something for other people to consume you do want to consider like how other people would take this not that you can know how everyone's going to take everything yeah. right People can find sin in places where it's not flaunted, right? I mean, I'm I'm saying like, I'm not um, 
what is it like victim blaming or something like that for for sin and that 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 was a weird way of putting it but i just mean like um there are certain there are certain games there are certain forms of media that are created to you know like you said the, the fan service in those games that you mentioned the Senran Kagura games are not there by accident right that <laughs> it, it it's it's very purposeful and so i'm saying that um i do think you ought to consider what the purpose is like are those things put into the games and and you know a lot of games that are triple a that are you know built by committee and in some sense like add that kind of stuff i mean i know for for the movie industry so i'm sure there are things like that within the video game industry that i don't know about um in particular but it's like you know certain shots in certain games it, it they're not they're purposefully placed there um so what i'm saying is is that like even even if your conscience doesn't necessarily immediately kind of um warn you against that to have people around you that you can talk to that you can find counsel in um i i think that that is uh, very good advice because people can see stuff that you can't see and be able to to encourage you in you know how to proceed and and how to do that wisely um so and I, I think the same thing goes with with streaming as well is like I think just questioning why you want to enter into it. I'm not saying it's wrong uh, at all. Like no, if you want to, cool. But like at the end of the day, what is it you're that you're trying to do? Um, are you just trying to make money? Okay, that's not necessarily bad. Um, but I would I would also ask like, are you providing a service? that you think is is worth something to other people, right? And and what exactly um are you providing? And and think through that and think through how you ought to do that best in light of your relationship with Christ. Like what is it? Um you know, a lot of uh, I think I mentioned it earlier, but I think a lot of one cool aspect um which can be very difficult um in in just like content creation in general is the communities that kind of spring up around it um and so that you would have certain um influence by what you say and things like that in and yeah building these different communities so i think there's definitely lots of opportunities um but to pursue that wisely and to know kind of what you're getting into um and just to think through it i think are all all you know the things that you ought to do if this is something that you're going to pursue. Um, yeah. But I think that's my two cents. Yeah. I, I, and I, and again, I, I think I had mentioned it before. Uh, one last thing that sort of just really mm-hmm. comes to mind though, is if in pursuing these, you are neglecting other things, mm. um, other necessary things. So if, uh, I read about. I, I remember listening to. I read about. I read about. Oh, geez, I'm. I'm talking really great. It's getting late, folks. <laughs> you can tell I'm starting to just go. Yeah, Nate's brains go. Wah, wah, wah. Um, but I remember reading about the guy who programmed Stardew Valley, and oh, that yeah. was an effort of. And he. It's still ongoing. Like he's still like doing all sorts of like tweaking and stuff. But, um. I look at the investment that he's now, and he's made a ton of money since then. 
but I think the way, like if, if someone were to go listen to that story or read that story, what was that? Blood, sweat and pixels that was in. He, I think in a lot of ways, even perhaps sinfully so, sacrificed things that frankly should not have been sacrificed uh, mm-hmm. in order to make that game. And, and, and again, I, and I don't like, I'm not trying to be too judgmental or anything, but if you are a, an individual who has a family and you have obligations to your family, those must be met. And if you cannot fulfill those obligations by streaming or coding or whatever, you must go get another job. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I, this is like we sort of live in a day and age where it's like follow your dreams and blah 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 blah, and mm-hmm. um, there's sort of almost an impractical bend to that. It's like you know where we're told that we need to be happy with what you know with our job and and that we'll find fulfillment if we can have the right kind of job. And I'm going to sort of like my response to that as like poppycock. Uh, you know, go work hard, pay your bills, put food on the table, take care of your responsibilities. And if you can be fulfilled in that labor, well, praise God. But ultimately, like, you know, I think of uh, my buddy Jason, who he wants, he actually did our, uh, our, our logo for us and had, he's done mm-hmm. some other stuff for me and, and he and I sort of have a, a little bit of a partnership where we work out some design stuff, but he would love to be able to illustrate full time and do design work full time, but that hasn't really happened. And he still, I think he, he pursues it still. He also, mm-hmm. you know, he works a 40 hour a week job yeah. that is not awesome that he does not like, but it pays his bills. Like I'm going to like, you know, I'm not going to go into too much details. Like just, yeah. but he really struggles with that job. And there are days like, I, I can tell you for a fact, he does not enjoy that job most of the time, but he knows that it's necessary and he knows that he needs it to pay his bills and to put food on the table and take care of his family. And so he does it. Mm-hmm. And I think like, if you are going like if you are pursuing coding or game design or streaming simply so that you don't have to like do something else but you can't actually make money on it uh don't <laughs> like mm-hmm. i don't want to like as long like here's the thing as long as you can pursue these things without neglecting your your actual obligations cool and like you know honestly they might require some sacrifices and that's fine but a little bit of sacrifice is not the same thing as neglecting your obligations. And so yeah. we, we, you know, you have to sort of be very, you have to sort of be, you have to be very willing to draw the line there and, and, mm-hmm. and say like, listen, like if you're going to pursue these things, you best make sure that your obligations are being met. Yeah, man. I think, I think that's a good word. Yeah. Like you, like you were saying that your job doesn't necessarily have to, you don't have to find fulfillment in your job. Sometimes you're called to a place and, uh, the fulfillment is when you get the paycheck, (laughs) right? Is when you are meeting your obligations. 
and and you receive your fulfillment in that. And as Christians, again, I, I go back to this is like, um, if, if you are a Christian, uh, it is definitely between you and God. Like, ask for you know a, more fulfillment in what you're doing. I'm using that same term. I'm th- trying to think of something else, but my brain isn't well, quite working. But I'm saying like you can like ask for a better attitude. Ask for you know what what you ought to be doing. Like um, this is yeah, it's something to to go to God in prayer about certainly. But uh, and and what I'm saying is that He can give you fulfillment even in something that you don't necessarily enjoy right now. That's what I'm trying. Yeah, to say. I, I think like the thing is like we need as believers we need to understand and pursue satisfaction in Christ. Yeah. And everything else is sort of like that's that's icing on the cake. But mm-hmm. you know, apart from that like you know, having the right job is not yeah, ha- you know, it, it it's not going to complete you. You know, having yeah. the right income whatever, like those things aren't going to complete you. And so you know, I would just sort of say, like, if if someone's coming out and saying, "Well, if I could be a streamer, like so and so, and that's what will make me happy," my sort of response is like, "Will it? <laughs> like, really?" Um, ultimately, like I said, you know, as, and I've said this several times now, I'm just sort of repeating myself. I'm sort, of, I'm starting to circle the drain. But ultimately, <laughs> our satisfaction is is to be found in Christ, and. Um, mm-hmm. You know, anything outside of that is just that's drinking from poison wells. Yeah, man. I dig it. Uh, well, I think that's about all the thoughts that we have for, for one episode for today. Mm-hmm. But we'd love to hear your thoughts um, if you have any additional ones. And and this does, I mean, again, I felt like this question brought up so many different things mm-hmm. as I was saying. It was, was a very good question. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for that. If you guys have any questions also, we'd love to hear those questions. Um, Or if you have thoughts on kind of work and vocation and entertainment and all these kinds of things, you can reach out to us a number of different ways. Um, You can email us directly at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. On Twitter, our handle is at bbdowncast. On Facebook, we have a group called the hashtag Backlog Book Club, and we have a Discord server as well. Or if you want to reach out to Nate or I, uh, in individually, you can do so on you know Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, GG, any of that, PSN, Nintendo friend, co- whatever. Um, I generally go by Broccolope. That's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E. And Nate goes by. Nate underscore McKeever. All right. Uh, and if you enjoy what you've been listening to, we'd encourage you to rate and review the podcast, preferably on Apple Podcasts um, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, hopefully you're subscribed if you're digging what we're doing uh, and share this with your friends. You know, if you know anyone who's trying to be a streamer, maybe they need to hear this too. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's even a thing. Um, hopefully it'll be uh, it'll be encouraging. I don't know. And if you do like what we're doing, uh, we do also have a Patreon. You can think of it as like a tip jar. If you want to throw in a dollar or two, uh, it would be much appreciated. But if you don't, that's cool too. Just keep on listening. And again, like we said, share with your friends. Uh, also, we are contractually obligated to let you know we are part of the Playwell Network, like we mentioned earlier. <laughs> We're not really contractually obligated, but we dig the other Playwell Network podcasts, so you should check them out. Um, the Henshin Dad podcast, the Retro Station, and Tales from the Rusty Speeder. It's all good stuff. Um, check it out at playwellnetwork.com.
Yeah. The final word goes to John Ronald Rule Tolkien. I hope I said his middle name right. Why should a man be scorned if finding himself in prison, he tries to get out and go home? Or if, when he cannot do so, he thinks and talks about other topics than jailers and prison walls? The world outside has not become less real because the prisoner cannot see it. In using escape in this way, the critics have chosen the wrong word. And what is more, they are confusing. Not always by sincere error, the escape of the prisoner with the flight of the deserter. Just so, a party spokesman might have labeled departure from the misery of the Fuhrers or any other Reich and even criticism of it as treachery. Not only do they confound the escape of the prisoner with the flight of the deserter, but they would seem to prefer the acquiescence of the Quisling to the resistance of the Patriot. (laughs) 